All right, R.J. Melendez was quite the player on Sunday, freshman uh, stepping up. But there was an even younger guy that caught Scott Ritchie's attention at State Farm Center. Yeah, class of 2023 point guard Kylan Boswell on an official visit, his second in you know six months into Champaign. It's a big deal. All right, Richie, we'll explain how that went, talk about the narrow win over Northwestern, and why he's picking Illinois to beat Rutgers and Michigan State in a pivotal week. Next on Inside Illini Basketball, come back after these messages. Hi, I'm Paul Rudy, CEO of Rudy Wealth Management and host of Paul Rudy's On The Money Radio Show. Every successful investor I've ever met continuously acted on a plan. Every failed investor I've ever met was constantly reacting to current events. If the recent market turmoil is keeping you up at night, maybe it's time you begin to make your investment and spending decisions based upon a retirement income plan. Perhaps it's time for you to listen to the little voice in your head telling you to call Rudy Wealth Management. You'll be happy you did. Rudy Wealth Management, Central Illinois Retirement Specialist, 356-1400. Oh, happy Valentine's Day, everyone. And yes, Scott Ritchie has already blown a kiss my way this morning. Thank you, Scott. I do appreciate the love. You're welcome, I guess. <laughs> I'm Jim Rosso, Vice President of News at the News Gazette with Scott Ritchie. Our producer is Ed Bond. We're here for the next half hour talking about the first place Illini. Basically, let me tell you this, Scott Ritchie. They're going to be Big Ten champions, right? Pretty clear in my book. I've studied the schedules. I've studied the uh, the possibilities, and yes, Illinois will win an outright title. Outright title. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's the bold part of your prediction because I think they can win a title. I think it might be shared. I okay, mean, it's not going to. I've, again, I've studied. I've done your data dive over the weekend, and as long as they don't go one two this week, um, it's going to happen. All right. I would say the and correct me if I'm wrong, Scott Ritchie. Uh, Ohio State's the the biggest worry at this point mm, i mean i think ed bond's giving me the head shake ed bond says what are you nuts i think purdue's a little troublesome <laughs> uh did you see him play maryland well yeah but did you see them play illinois twice did you see him play michigan here's the thing though i mean this is where Illinois. if it's going to be a share like they need the like three teams because purdue has the clear Tiebreaker over on all having beating them twice. Um, it's it's too close to call even right now. Yeah. Illinois got a half game lead on Purdue, a game on Wisconsin, and then you know Michigan State is lingering there. Ohio State's lingering. Ohio State has games to make up. I think that they played the fewest of you know that top five group. They only played twelve Big Ten games so far. Illinois played fourteen. Um, so depending on how Ohio State kind of handles a jam-packed last three weeks, yeah, maybe. Okay. But um, this one's not going to be decided until that final week. I think it will be decided before then, but uh, we'll agree to disagree, Scott Ritchie. What's I'm that? more confident in Brad Underwood's team than you are, apparently. Here we go. We're talking about, oh, the rack is hot, it's loud, Rutgers is good. Here, just go ahead and. Well, I mean, I was going to get to that eventually because all those things you said are true. The love of the Scarlet Knights continues to confuse me. I just think Steve Peichel's done a really good job for a program that was awful. Like, they were the absolute worst team in the Big Ten when they joined the conference. Um, 
Eddie Jordan wasn't getting it done. Steve Peichel's turned it around, and they have three wins in a row, all against ranked teams. They could make it a, a forfer on Wednesday, you know, hosting Illinois. Uh, because, and it's Jersey Mike's Arena, I guess I have to be professional okay. and call it by its name, but it's the rack. It's the trapezoid of terror. Still a trapezoid, <laughs> in fact. Um, the what? The trapezoid of terror. Because the building is shaped like a trapezoid. It's a very odd-looking right. like arena from the outside. But I'm not even sure. You got me on Rutgers, and I'm just going off. I know. Because they're good. I was, I was going to say something else. Well, I expect a... Oh, well, here's why maybe you're a little more you know, all in on Illinois, clearly, your mm-hmm. future Big Ten regular season champs. Right. I got... I just I just watched them play maybe one half of really good basketball out of their last four. Yeah. Maybe one and a half. Yeah. Cause they were not good in the second half against Purdue. Okay. They were not good in the second half against Northwestern until you know the very end where Kofi Coburn's like, Okay, we can't lose to Northwestern, I'll just do it myself. RJ Millen does you know, finish it off, but they've been a little inconsistent. And this is not the time of year to be inconsistent. Ah, it's a February blues. All right, everybody has them. Uh, uh, there's no such thing. And like Brad Underwood, like isn't about that. Like he mentioned, he brought that up like a week ago. It was like y'all, you guys talk about this all tough in February. Eh, whatever. It's you just have to keep doing what you do well. Like the first half against Northwestern, that was like ideal Illinois basketball. Uh, second half, not so much. All right, the headline we had after the halftime little. This is inside scoop here. Was super duper. All right. It was on the page with a picture from Robin Schulz that we send out after every game that Ed Bond reads on the radio. And that seemed appropriate, right? Super Bowl Sunday, super duper. They were looking super duper. And then turned into tight squeeze. Because it was. I mean, Northwestern got that game down to a point. Um, And Illinois, at one point in the second half, had 11 points and 11 turnovers. That's not the ratio you're really okay. looking for. And you know, shots weren't falling. Um, it was an issue in the second half against Purdue. Um, issue for sure in the second half against Northwestern. I mean, it had nine made threes in the first half and a single made three in the second. Um, now, shots won't fall sometimes, but it's sort of becoming a, a habit for maybe half to half not carrying over that good shooting. Um you know, it's and there were open looks too. Like Demonte Williams, I don't think was covered on his threes he took in the second half, and, and none of them went in. That it's just a touch concerning. But they got the win, even if it was you know winning ugly, still a win. Um, but it, it doesn't get any easier you know, in these last three weeks, especially Wednesday at Rutgers, mm. one of the hottest teams in the Big Ten. Mm. Never easy to win. At Rutgers, Scott Ritchie will be there. Uh, we expect a Snapchat tour of the Trapezoid of Terror, please. Okay, I think All I did right. that a couple of years ago. It's time yeah. to redo it. All right, I'm 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 interested. I'm intrigued now about that uh, Huff Hall-like experience you're about to. Yeah, it is um, I it is the smallest arena in the Big Ten. It's just slightly smaller, I believe, than Welsh Ryan Arena uh, in Evanston. Um, but I've only been there once for basketball, and it was – when Rutgers was starting to get pretty good, and you know, they did win against Illinois there a couple of years ago, but fans are getting into it. It's a it's a pretty happening place um, when Rutgers is competitive. 
All right, uh, then Michigan State on Saturday. It'll be an interesting week. 2-0 week will uh, do wonders for Illinois, which checks in at number 12 today. Is that right? 12 uh, in the latest AP Top 25. Just moved up a spot, Um, and mostly just because you look through last week's Top 25 teams and just about everybody um, lost at least once. Uh, Auburn lost to Arkansas. Mm -hmm. And lost its spot at the top of the poll for all the Illinois fans that hate Bruce Pearl. Uh, Gonzaga now uh, back to number one, has got 56 of the 60 votes. Um, Arizona, Yours? I think Arizona didn't lose, but just about everybody did. Did uh, Gonzaga get your vote, Scott Ritchie? They did. Okay. And I, I contemplated leaving Auburn at number one because um, Arkansas is was on a heater. Like they've been really good over the last couple, two, three weeks. But, you know, Auburn hadn't been great in their wins leading up to that. I mean, they beat Georgia by, I think, one. Georgia's not a good basketball team. Um, and there's no one really dominating a conference the way Gonzaga is. And I know here come the Gonzaga doesn't play anybody, people. West Coast Conference is pretty good this year, better than it's been in a long time. I mean, they might – like at least three tournament teams, maybe four. There's talk, maybe four. Like that's West Coast Conference for tournament teams. Let's look ahead for that Final Four matchup between the Bulldogs and Illini. Who guards the skinny guy? That's a good question. Um, I don't know. Like Chet Holmgren is. I think he, it took him a little bit of time early in the year to maybe just to adjust to college basketball, but he has adjusted. Let's just put it like that. He's doing all the things that everyone thought he could at seven feet and like 195 pounds but he's really tough to stop offensively just because of his length and his ability and then he'll just swat the hell out of you on the defensive end demonte williams does he get the call i need to know these things i mean probably because drew timmy's going to be on the court too so Mm -hmm. like kofi will probably get you know that assignment um a little easier not much easier but for kofi it would be and yeah, I mean, DeMonte guards the fours in those okay. lineups, so his arms are long enough, maybe, but uh, you can see a lot of Chet Holmgren shooting over DeMonte Williams. Is it wrong that I'm already studying possible matchups deep into the NCAA tournament? Am I jumping the gun? Well, I mean, I don't think it's wrong. It might be too soon, because you know, Illinois hasn't made it that far since, what, 2005? Also, haven't won an outright Big Ten title. So I guess if you then. if you think right. that's going to so yes. happen, then yeah, maybe you okay, should start good. Good. just looking to see who might be uh, on the other side of the court in New Orleans. I'm a little worried about Kansas. I know they've uh, eked one out against Oklahoma over the weekend, and they've looked a little spotty here lately. But they got some talent. They got a big guy. All right, I'm a little worried about Kentucky. They play hard, harder than most Kentucky teams do. Well, this is a different Kentucky team than over the last what, seven or eight years. Like, I mean, they've got Ty Ty Washington, that, that five-star mm-hmm. freshman, but they're older. All right. Uh, they're good. Uh, Arizona should also probably concern you a bit. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm good. But I also saw Arizona really struggle against USC, and that made me feel a little better. All right. Just USC's, uh, don't give me that look, Ed Bond. Do not give me that look. USC's look not bad. I mean, they beat UCLA. Oh, come on. This, this past week. Soft. <laughs> Is that just the Pac-12 in general? Or? Yeah, it, it still is, doggone it. Why do I view the Pac-10 that way? 
even when they're immensely talented, as uh, some of those teams are. Pac-12. Yes, whatever. I'm old school, buddy. Yeah. All right. I don't know what Utah is doing in that thing, in that <laughs> league in, anyway. Uh, basketball, not much at this point. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's just, you know, West Coast basketball. They, they just has that, got that label. Um, Arizona, not soft. Okay. They, they they beat up on Illinois. All right, back to Illinois. Um, uh, R.J. Melendez is the story of the last week. He was fed to the media before the game for his effort against Purdue. Right? They kind of determine who's going to get the story of the week, don't they? In all, uh, well, basically, because like after the games, we can sort of request before, like if it's a Zoom, uh, we get who we get. Yeah. So everybody wrote about R.J. Melendez after the. Uh, I did not. I, I saved it. <laughs> you skipped it. Did you write anything then? <laughs> yeah, it was okay. in Sunday's paper. I, I missed a, it. I had a preview story. Um, right. It was a good thing I skipped it because then like, everyone wrote about RJ again. Okay. Didn't want, and, so you're fresh. And it was had more to work with Sunday, certainly. I mean, he played the best game of his mm-hmm. career. And here's the deal. Ed Bond gave me some inside information. He requested RJ Melendez on the post-game radio show uh, soon after the game. And guess what? He was on the post-game radio show. And the picture that Ed Bond took led the website. How about that for versatility coming out of our radio producer? Yeah. Um, I guess we had the option not to get RJ post-game because like, uh, Derek Burson, sports information director, like asked me first because I sit right behind him. He's like, so RJ again? I was like, well, yeah, he just had the best game of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, so is he like... Uh, really that good, or is he just going through a spell here where he's enjoying the fruits of a of some talented teammates? Well, here's the thing: like he's had his two maybe most complete games, just in terms of all that he's done uh, against Northwestern. And Northwestern's not bad; they're also you know a bottom five team in the Big Ten. Um, and he had, and the, the moments against Purdue were just like more flashes, just quick. Sunday, he, from the moment he got on the court, like, played really well. So it'll be interesting to see if he can repeat what he did against Northwestern here in the next three weeks, these final six games of the regular season, some tougher opponents, and, you know, be that bigger wing with some elite athleticism and really put that to good use. And also, you know, defend and rebound because that's what will ultimately keep him on the court. Scott Ritchie was taking photos as well on Sunday, uh, some pregame photos. You were there awfully early on this week. What was the deal? That's, uh, for home games, I get there three like, hours before 10. Like really early. I love it. That's, that's some my... of your best reporting because you're the only one there. You're giving me the scoop. And that's there was a part of the reason I go early. Five-star recruit uh, was also there that early. Tell me about that. Yeah, he beat me there mostly because he'd been with the team all day at that point. Uh, Kylan Boswell. Uh, class of 2023, five-star point guard, former Urbana Middle School star, downplaying at Compass Prep out in Arizona, one of the best teams uh, in the nation, one of the most loaded teams in the nation. Back on camp, back in, back home, back on campus for an official visit. He took an unofficial in the fall, and uh, kind of a big deal. I mean, he is arguably Illinois' top target in the class of 2023, and multiple visits is... I think an important step in maybe securing his commitment. Because, um, I mean, there's a couple other guys in his class that are also kind of high priority. J.J. Taylor, although his situation 
just interesting because he left Kenwood to go play for Kanye West team out in California. So that's just a still a strange thing to say out loud. Um, but Illinois' best teams have been really guard driven, and Kyle Basel is one of the best guards in the country in his class, and he would be that that next go to floor leader. Um, so I mean, he's still got some time. I mean, he's just a junior, so I won't say a commitment's imminent or anything, but Illinois is in a really good position. With him. Okay, so he was there at the State Farm Center early, sitting at the at the benches. Yeah, well, he was putting some shots up when I got there. Okay, and just you know, one of the managers was rebounding for him. Then he spent a lot spent a lot of time before the game, uh, just talking with Jeff Alexander, assistant coach. That he's the lead recruiter. Um, I spent a lot of time talking. Uh, Deion Thomas spent some time talking with him. And then you know, Kylan watched Tim Anderson put the freshman through a, a workout. Took in all of you know pregame, either on the bench or on the court. Um, then spent the other game sitting next to one of the other recruits in attendance, uh, Cooper Koch, uh, three-star forward uh, from Peoria Notre Dame, was there on an unofficial visit. Um, Xavier Booker, four-star center from uh, Indianapolis, was also there on an unofficial. But Kylan and Cooper sat together the whole game. And, you know, you look at kind of the positions those three guys play. I mean, that that's a class right there for Illinois. Not saying they're going to get any of them or all of them, but uh, it was a, a big recruiting day and probably a good thing that Illinois didn't lose to Northwestern. Yeah, all, all in all, uh, I guess he'd be impressed, right? With the the attendance, it was a sellout. Mood seemed lively. Yeah. Um, Anything not to like? No, I mean, and like a loss wouldn't have guaranteed the, the end of his recruitment because Kofi Coburn was in Champaign to watch Illinois lose to Florida Atlantic in overtime, and he's still committed, so... Uh, but no, it's in the second half when Illinois' offense kind of stalled out. Maybe, maybe it's a similar situation because Kofi, you know, saw Illinois not have anybody, you know, like that go-to post option against Florida Atlantic. He's like, I could be that guy, and you know, the rest of the things he liked about Illinois certainly played a part. But like, he knew he was kind of a missing piece and would be, you know, a central figure uh, when he got to Champaign. Um, so maybe you know. Offense stalls out a bit, little bit. Colin Basel's like, I can be that guy to spark the offense. Because he can. Like, he's pretty good. All right, Family Connections. I see the football program at Illinois uh, played along with his recruiting weekend. Yeah, well, his grandpa, uh, David Aina, played football in the mid to late 80s at Illinois. Defensive tackle. Big fella. So, yeah. yeah. Good. I think Illinois is all in on Kylan Boswell. Let's just put it like that. Whatever it, whatever they need to do, whatever it takes, you know, they're, they're really pursuing him with great interest. All right, uh, Coach's Show tonight uh, at Papa Dell's. Uh, that's always a fun time. 7 o'clock if you want to go uh, get Brad Underwood's autograph. I don't know if he gets to sign. Ed, does he sign? Sure, he, he mingles with the fans. Scott Ritchie. Yeah, I know I, Whatever the last one they did at Papa Dell's, like the crush showed up and like, they got a photo with All him. Right. So yeah, he's very much, you know, out in the, the fan base like that. Okay, before I ask you for your data dive, uh, how about your power rankings? Do I do I have a freshman in the top three now or not? You might. You, you really might. Um, m- number one is still going to be Kofi Coburn. Like, I, 
unless he's not playing, I don't see a situation where he won't be number one. Number two, it's going to be R.J. Melendez. Wow. Big jump. All right. Let's just say he wasn't even really uh, other receiving votes in the last couple power polls. Uh, number three, uh, it's going to be first half Alfonso Plummer. He had 14 points. I don't know on if the you're f- allowed to do that. <laughs> Let me check my cr- criteria. Like he had 14 points in the first half at Purdue, and then I think got shut out in the second half. 16 in the first half against Northwestern, and then just three more. So, and part of that is you know their teams realize, hey, maybe we shouldn't let him shoot a a bunch of threes. Got to make it a little more difficult for him after he lights them up in the first half. But uh, could use maybe a little more first half Alfonso Plummer. In the second half, but he gets that third, the third spot. I will give Illinois uh, that uh, as far as the transfer portal goes. They hit it right. Yeah, he's been one of the best transfers in the country this year. Um, just kind of, I mean, I tackled that a few weeks ago, just sort of who had been really good. And he's, I mean, top five easily, Alfonso Plummer, I think. Um, like Oscar Sheboy is up there. Alondis uh, Williams at Wake Forest, who's basically turn that team on a dime by himself is in that group. But, I mean, you guys shooting 40-plus percent from three, uh, which was exactly what Illinois needed with someone that could you know, make shots at that level, and he's done it. So big ad for Illinois. All right, let's go data diving. Uh, Scott Ritchie, maybe you can uh, wow me. Uh, I saw you followed you on Twitter during the game, and you uh, put out some nonsense about – points per possession or some stuff like that that I quickly skimmed over. <laughs> uh, that's like, I mean, that one tells you what it is in the name. 1.11 or something. Just give me, again, give me points, rebounds, assists. Yeah. Uh, anything over one in points per possession is pretty good. Um, which Illinois in the first half was like at 1.2 or something, which is really good. Just just glossed over all this effort I'm putting into informing our readers you know, about you know, just a different way to look at, at basketball. But uh, who needs it, really? So you're telling me the stats that are played on the screen for the media members covering uh, games at State Farm Center now include that kind of data. You're um, telling me this is not just you. Yeah, it's, I'm not keeping... It's for everybody. I'm not keeping track of points per possession on my own. Uh, no, that's... The media, the the stats available to the media have really all the analytics you could ever want. Um, look at Illinois finish the game at zero point nine seven three points per possession, which is fine. But the second half at point six nine zero, not, not good. good. Um, let's let's do uh, a simple one. It's just plus minus. Okay, I do like that one. I'll accept that. Thank and, you. And like single game plus minus. Okay. Obviously, that's a very it's a small sample size, but um, it highlights guys that maybe are contributing to a win, but that aren't necessarily doing all the scoring. Coleman Hawkins didn't score at all. Had three rebounds, three assists. Only made one, what I would qualify like really just bad defensive play. He was plus seventeen. Illinois was 17 points better than Northwestern when, when Coleman Hawkins was on the court. And it's an interesting case with Coleman because 
the four games before Northwestern, like he played, I think what, I got to remember two, nine, seven, and nine minutes. So just wasn't getting a ton of playing time, but he can still be like an important piece for this team this year. Sure. But like in the next, technically he has three more years, but could be a difference maker because they don't have anyone else that's six ten that can and is long and athletic and can shoot like he can. And I mean the shots aren't falling in games and that's that's partly a confidence thing. But apparently on Saturday in the last practice before playing Northwestern, he was on the scout team as Pete Nance and he was just torching Illinois. So there's a lot of potential still there. He has not tapped into all of that potential. But he can be a productive member of this team. Trent Frazier okay? I know he got hurt against Purdue. Uh, hasn't had the best of uh, best of games lately. Should I be worried? Well, I mean, this is a case of February blues. Shots just not falling. <laughs> um, but, I mean, he had, he had seven points against Northwestern, but also six assists, team high. Had a steal, a couple of rebounds. Like, he'll be fine. And if he gets, like, two more shots to fall, I think you're looking at his game a lot differently. And he had some open looks, and they just didn't go in. I think he'll be fine. And, and you know, banging knees with Jaden Ivey didn't seem to impact him against Northwestern because, you know, he was out there, played 33 minutes, running around like he always does. All right, uh, Scott Ritchie, every morning, Good morning, Illini Nation, 6 a.m. Great stuff, unique online content only. Check that out. Over the weekend, you did your seeding as believing, where you uh, give me the top four seeds in each region. You had Illinois at three, is that right? Yeah, they had moved up from okay. All right. the, the four seed. How level. high can they climb? Uh, they are on the same pace as last year, right, when they wound up at number one. Yeah, roughly. Um, and that's the team that just won almost all of its games in the final few weeks and then won the Big Ten tournament. So to get a one, like that's gonna have to be the thing that happens. Okay. Basically can't lose between now and the second weekend of March. I don't see many losses, as I told you at the start of this thing. But more realistically, probably a two. Like they get a two. All right. Then come the you know it's gonna be fun celebrating a title and maybe a Big Ten tournament title. But then come the the nervous Nellies are going to come out of the woodwork just because of recent history. Right? That's the next hurdle to clear. Get past that doggone second round <laughs> game. I'm already nervous, Scott Rich. You look, Ed Bond, is his hands are trembling, in fact, while yeah. he's trying to do this podcast. Yeah, and the, the haters out there will just be throwing loyal of this, loyal of that mm-hmm. all around the place. Um, and we got to get through that first round. This team is the first, I mean. I guess. Just, just ask Virginia. Not now. Yeah. Just ask Virginia. It's possible. This team, though, in your mind, uh, mentally, uh, do I need to worry about that at all? Not with all of them. I think it's a different situation this year because, like, heading into that second-round game against Loyola last year, none of them had – Tyler Underwood had been in – the incident I turned before. The rest of them had. They had no idea what it was like. Now, they've got a team, guys that understand how quickly 
it can end if you don't play your best basketball. Um, so I think that'll be, or could be, a difference maker. But again, got to get there first, and then got to you know win the first round, and then you know maybe clear that second round roadblock that's been up for uh, you know the better part of two decades, if they've even gotten that far. Hey, it's been a big week at the uh, News Gazette as well because Scott Ritchie actually got a prediction right. Uh, we all applauded. We we stood in unison, chanted Ritchie, Ritchie, Ritchie. Yeah, I'm just gonna say I was perfect last week because I feel like I was pressured into the Purdue <laughs> pick. Um, you, you said you wouldn't hold against me, so yeah, want to know? Got the Northwestern game right? Did, did, did they play another game? Couldn't tell you. Yeah, I, I I went back and checked. You were one and one, which dropped your mark considerably, and. Uh, you know, we are all pulling for you, Scott, and we know you've struggled this year. <laughs> I struggle every year, according to you. Well, this is a lead-in then, because I need to know who you're picking for the Rutgers and then Michigan State. And I'll give you, if you're a little hesitant, because you probably want to wait to see what happens Wednesday before you make your Saturday pick. Yeah, and I don't want to make my Wednesday pick on a Monday but either. But you owe the podcast audience that exclusive. Okay. You need They need to get the first voice, the first feel of what you're going with. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pick Illinois to win both of them. Hmm. All right. I think. Now you just can't say <laughs> I think. You just ruined it. Finally, you took a stand, and then you ruined it. Yeah, well, you know me. I like to hedge. <laughs> but no, I th- it's possible. So, uh, sure, let's let's go with it. All right. If they get through Rutgers, then I'll feel better about the Michigan State game. That's a 2-0 and week with a, a nice schedule to finish the regular season. That makes makes this week uh, that important. You go 2-0, and you're sitting pretty. There's nobody left to play, is there? you got to play Ohio State. At home. you got to play Michigan on the road. They're horrible. Yeah, it could be. And then Penn State and Iowa. Exactly. That's 4-0. So they're going to win out then, I guess. There you go. They're on, on their way to a number one seed. I've got it all mapped out. Trust me, I stay up late at night thinking about these things. Okay. Well, at least <laughs> one of us does then. <laughs> I can put that aside. All right, Scott Rich, anything else uh, before we let you uh, get out of this podcast booth? No, just uh, be a week on the road for Illinois and for me. Although they'll get to come home because charter flights are easier, better, back that, in, they, that they don't let me on. Back in the day, the beat writer took those charter flights. Yeah, Propeller flights, but, they were, <laughs> but still, they were so, on the- Yeah, I'll uh, I'll be flying commercial out to New Jersey. Fingers crossed, I get there. All right, that's great, uh, Scott Ritchie. We will talk to you next Monday.